We are looking this morning at Luke 1, 26 through 38, and this is a part of the series called A Not-So-Merry Christmas, and the passage that we're going to be reading and looking at this morning is the passage, probably the, the most important passage, talking about the virgin birth or the virginal conception. But this morning, what I would like us to do is to turn our attention to Mary and to look at her response in this episode that we read here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and following. So if you would look with me, beginning with verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I've not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Son of God, and the power, I'm sorry, of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month of her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This morning, I'd like to ask you, as we begin looking at this, I'd like to ask you a question, and it's a simple one. How many of you are planners? How many of you plan things out a lot? Yeah, some of you are pointing at the people sitting next to you as well. Well, everyone raised their hand. I'm a planner as well. Um, but every one of us who are planners or raised our hands here, everyone else is looking at us and saying they're the people that have no fun in life whatsoever. Um, and that may be the case. Uh, my wife and I, when we married, it was um, quite a, uh, a situation where we were quite opposite in this area, especially when it came to going on vacation. Uh, her idea of vacation was to sleep a lot and then lie next to a pool and then take a nap and, and then lie next to the pool. And there's food involved as well. Um, but my idea of a vacation was I'm at a place I've never been before. I want to see what I can see. And so I would plan out places to go and, and calendar this. And it was quite, um, it was quite an experience for her um, getting with me and finding out that that was a way some people might um, have a vacation. But those of us who are planners, we all know this to be true. And that is we may plan things out and yet uh, they don't always work the way we plan them to work. And life has its own way of going that's very different sometimes from our plans. I think about, for instance, a young lady who was 17 years old who grew up in a very active household, I might say, in the sense of they were very 
involved in um, athletics and, and uh, activities like that. She enjoyed uh, swimming and uh, horseback riding and playing tennis and, and her parents were athletes as well. And she enjoyed diving as well. And one day um, she was out and she was diving um, into a, a pool of water that she thought was much deeper than what it was. And it was much more shallow than what she realized until she dived in and there was a tragic accident where she had um, a break in her spine in her neck region and she was paralyzed from the neck down. And in that moment, everything that she dreamed of, you can just imagine as a 17-year-old girl, the things that she was looking forward to, the things that she thought her life would involve would involve in, in what she would be doing, all of those things changed in that moment. Her, her world was completely turned upside down in that one moment. I think of a, a friend of mine back in February of this year, his wife uh, was reading the paper and said to him, uh, have you read about this uh, or heard about this uh, virus that's in China? And uh, he said, yeah, I did hear about that, but uh, I think it's not going to be a big deal over here. And I think it's going to be contained and shouldn't be any problem with that. And then he, he told me uh, just in September, he received news from his supervisor at work that their whole department was being shut down. And he had been in that place for many years doing a very um, great ministry. And now he and his wife, uh, up in years, are contemplating what's next in life. And with one phone call from his supervisor, his whole world and his wife's world were turned upside down, not knowing what to expect. I think about this summer, a friend of my brother's, um, a man in his 40s, was out hiking with his two teenage sons. And all of a sudden, he collapsed on the trail. And his sons tried to revive him to no avail. And when help finally did get there, they found these two teenage boys cradling the body of their father who had passed away. And in a moment, um, this man had had no previous conditions. They still don't know um, what caused it. But in that moment, there was a wife and two sons whose worlds were turned upside down, just completely different from anything that they had expected. And this is the way life can be. But it's not always something as tragic as that that can truly be difficult. Uh, I think about another man, um, his wife, a man that I know from school, his wife um, had a wonderful job and she loved this job. She was really good at it. It was just really fulfilling to her and she had great joy in her job, which a lot of people don't say that, but she really did, did well and loved what she did. And her supervisors recognized just how great she was at her job, so they thought that they would help her and do uh, her a favor by promoting her. And it meant a raise in her income, of course. But um, she went from a job where she was self-fulfilled and, and enjoyed it to 
a situation that was just uh, chaotic, um, stressful, um, one that she, uh, was ner- she had a nervous stomach all the time, just upset. And she came to the place of trying to decide which would be more stressful to stay there or to quit and try to find another job. And I think about Mary, whom we just read about. She was a young teenage girl. She was betrothed to a man named Joseph. Her and Joseph both grew up in Nazareth. I imagine Mary's parents grew up in Nazareth. Her grandparents probably grew up in Nazareth and probably her great-grandparents grew up in Nazareth. And in that day and time, the only time they probably left Nazareth was to go to Jerusalem because God's word taught the people that they needed to go to Jerusalem three times a year for these great religious festivals. Um, but besides that, her life was pretty much set and she, she knew what it would be and it would be a good life. It would be a simple life, um, a noble life. She would most likely marry and have children and she would raise those children. She would be in charge of her household and she would be in charge of teaching her children God's word and and it was very much a noble kind of lifestyle that she had in front of her and it was one that was common everyone knew this in that village this was the typical lifestyle and they were happy with it and it was a set set kind of lifestyle that that had security along with it and yet in a moment This angel, Gabriel, appears to her, and her life is changed forever. What she thought her life would be, would not be. And what I would like us to consider this morning as we look at Mary is is this, how, how can those of us who think life is going to be one thing, how can, when life, things happen in our lives that are unexpected, when there are life-altering circumstances that come into our lives and turn our lives upside down, how are we to respond to that? And I think Mary helps us learn something about how we should respond to circumstances that are life-altering, that turn our lives upside down. The first observation I would make is this. When When confronted with unexpected life-altering circumstances, it's normal to be confused and anxious. It's normal to be confused and anxious. We see this in the text here. Verse 28 says, And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. This word here, or this expression, deeply troubled, it means upset. It means really anxious. And, and she, she didn't know how to respond to this. And it makes sense. The, the priest, the high priest um, earlier on in this chapter was visited by Gabriel, Gabriel as well, this angel. And it says he was afraid. And so what do you think about this young lady as she sees this? And she's afraid. She's anxious. What am I to make of this? What's going on here? And she was anxious about this. And, and we should recognize that, that that's common to us. I read uh, recently that all mammals actually experience fear. Now, I I really didn't have to read that to know that about 
at least some mammals. Um, I guess I didn't know all mammals, but just recently, Ann took one of our dogs. Uh, we have a couple of flat-coated retrievers. She took Gracie. Gracie weighs about 70 pounds, and that's a lean day for Gracie, but um, she weighs about 70 pounds. She's lean. She's just big. And um, Ann took her to the vet, and we've had Gracie long enough now. She knows when she goes to the vet, the vet's going to do things to her that she doesn't want done. And she was afraid. And Anne is little herself, not, not much bigger than Gracie. And Gracie, when they got to the vet, turned to Anne and stood on her back legs and put her paws on Anne's shoulder and said, basically wanted her to hold her. And um, that was a sight I wish I had seen. Um, but um, Anne said, I didn't mention this in the other services, so this is a bonus as well. She, she helped me with this um, as well. She said that when they got into the room, this 70-pound flat-coated retriever tried to hide under the chair that she was sitting in as well, and that didn't work out for her either. But fear is common. Fear is common to us. But that leads us to the next observation, and that is when confronted with unexpected life-altering circumstances, there is no need to feel anxious because God's children have found favor with God. Look at verse 30. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. This word here that's translated favor here is a word that's translated most of the time in the New Testament as grace. Grace, God's unmerited favor. And as believers, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are a child of God, all of us, we are recipients of God's unmerited favor, God's grace. God is our savior. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is our healer. He is our teacher. He is our guide. He is our father. Therefore, there's no reason for any of his children to be afraid. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 11. He said, if, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? This past week, our son and his wife and, and his, their son, our grandson, Talon, came to visit us. Notice I mentioned his name. I didn't mention their name. Um, but we were very happy for Talon to come and his parents were welcome as well. But um, Talon, I, I tell you what, he's, he's going to turn two, Lord willing, next month, and he is a bundle of energy. I did not know little legs could keep going for so long, but uh, we got into the front yard and would just run diagonally from one corner to the other to the other, and he, he would, whenever I would slow up, he'd stop and say, come on, come, come, and okay, here we go, we're going, and we would run and had a great time, and, and I just, he's just precious to me. If there's anyone in this, on this earth that has my favor, it is Talon. And yet, I know Talon's not an angel. Um, he's not perfect at all. In fact, what he'll do is um, his parents will say to him, like, uh, come over here and, and uh, sit down by me. And he'll, he'll look at them and he'll get a big smile on his face. And he'll say, no. And... Um, 
you know, he's got some work. There's some work that needs to be done. And yet, I recognize that, that that has no effect on how I look at him as the favor I have for my grandson. And yes, I recognize there's some encouragement, some discipline, some teaching that needs to be done in his life. And I take the greatest joy that I can possibly feel toward anybody in thinking about him and even thinking about that process and his becoming the man that God would have him to be someday. God has favor for his children and the favor that a grandfather has for his grandson, as much as that may be, it doesn't compare to the favor that God has for you. And so why should we be afraid? The psalmist spoke of it this way in Psalm 40, verse 5. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done and your thoughts toward us. There's no one to compare with you. If I would declare and speak them, they would be too numerous to count. His ways are wondrous toward us and his thoughts toward us are wondrous as well. That is our our God. Another observation we can make from Mary is this. When confronted with unexpected life-altering circumstances, we need to realize God is working out his purposes in our lives for his glory. God is working out his purpose for your life for his glory. This was true of Mary. God had wonderful things planned for her. Things that God would not call us to do, it was unique to Mary, but the truth of the matter is that while God had a purpose and had a a plan for Mary to work in her life, to use her to glorify God in her life, God has a plan for your life to use you to glorify him. And he is committed to that. And it's interesting as we look in Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24, the words of the psalmist come to mind when he wrote, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds his hand. You see, God has a purpose for you and his purpose is, is to glorify himself in your life and through your life, just as he had that kind of plan for Mary. And he is committed to that in your life and in my life. Another observation is that when confronted with unexpected life-altering circumstances, it may seem like it is impossible for God to work out his purposes in your life for his glory. That's what it was for Mary. Mary in verse 34, notice what she said. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? It's not that she really didn't believe the angel, but she just didn't see it. How could this happen? This doesn't make sense to me, she's saying. I can't imagine that God could do this. And it may be that as we look at the Lord and his work in our lives and we begin to sense what God wants to do in our lives. It may be that we look at ourselves and look to God then and say, how can this be? This is impossible. How can God 
glorify himself in my life. I don't have the experience. I don't have the gifts. I don't have, and you fill in the blank. We may say all these things like, how could God do this in my life? And the truth is that God's ways are not our ways. I'm reminded of the Lord's words in Isaiah 55, verses eight and nine. The Lord said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When confronted with unexpected life-altering circumstances, we need to realize God is able to do things beyond our imagination. God is able to do things beyond our imagination. Notice what the angel says in verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. I want to ask you this morning, do you believe that? Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? I think of a song we often sing here at Ninth and O. God is able. He will never fail. He is almighty God. Greater than all we seek. Greater than all we ask. He has done great things. God is with us. God is on our side. He will make a way. Far above all we know. Far above all we hope. He has done great things. God is able. Another observation is when confronted with unexpected life-altering circumstances, remember God is doing similar things in the lives of others. God is doing similar things in the lives of others. We see this in verse 36. The angel said, and consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for, who was call, who, for her who was called childless. What he's saying here, this pregnancy of Elizabeth, this was considered impossible, but it wasn't impossible with God. And you consider what I'm saying to you to be impossible, but it's not impossible with God. And it's important for us to realize that we need one another in the family of God. We need each other to encourage one another and to recognize that, first of all, that we're not alone because God is with us. But secondly, we're not alone because we're together as the people of God and we need one another and we need to encourage one another and look to one another and recognize we are not alone in what God is doing. A final observation is this. When confronted with unexpected life-altering circumstances, trust God and be faithful to serve him in whatever way he sees fit. Trust God and be faithful to serve him in whatever way he sees fit. Notice her answer to Gabriel. Mary's answer was, see, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. The 17-year-old girl I told you about, her name is Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny is in her 60s now, and she's been involved in a great many things in the Lord's work. She's served as an advisor on many organizations, such as the Christian Medical and Dental Society, the Young Life Capernaum Board, the National Institute for Learning Disabilities, and the American Leprosy Mission. 
She's also served on Love and Action Institute on Learning Disabilities, Disability Advisory Committee, the New Europe Communication Christians Writers Guild. She's been the honorary co-chair on the presidential prayer team. She's been interviewed by various um, national and international acclaimed newspapers and journals. And um, she has probably ministered to, I, I, I have no idea, hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even more than that. I don't know. Only the Lord knows. But God has used her in many ways. In recent years, she's also had two bouts with cancer that she's overcome. And every day, she still wakes up a quadriplegiant, still dealing with the struggle that she's dealt with every day of her life since that accident when she was 17 years old. And yet, all of the things that God has done in her life and all of the lives that have been touched by her life as a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's hard to imagine these things happening had it not been for that accident and for a young lady being willing to be used of God however he willed to use her. No matter the daily difficulties she deals with. Mary was ready to serve the Lord. I think most of us who are believers, we say, I want to serve the Lord. I want to glorify the Lord in my life. But the question is really, how far are you willing for the Lord to take you? And how far are you willing for the Lord to go in your life to use you to glorify him? To use you to be that light. So I think about this and I think that when we're confronted with unexpected life altering circumstances, may our response be something like Mary's response was. May it be that we say, I am the Lord's servant. And I will trust him. I will love him. And I will serve him. Regardless of the circumstances I find my life in, regardless of the surprises in life, I will set my life to serve him, to trust him, to love him, to be the person that he's called me to be for his glory. May that be the prayer of our lives. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Mary, we thank you for the life that she was willing to give for your glory to be used of you. The, uh, this experience that must have been overwhelming and yet her willingness to serve you, her trust in you in this. Father, may it be that as we live life and find ourselves in unexpected circumstances, Sometimes very, very difficult circumstances that turn our world upside down. May we be found to be like Mary was. May it be that we will be your servants. That we will trust you. That we will love you. And that we will do whatever you've called us to do and seek your glory 
No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the surprises, that we would give glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that we would be the light that you have called us to be in this very dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.